Hey, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to hear every song that has ever existed, a podcast on the Luckhole Network, and yeehaw, we are back for the second part of the Outlaw Country series where I talk to comedian Aaron Levine about Outlaw Country music. Last week, Aaron and I talked about Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Jerry Jeff Walker, Sturgill Simpson, uh, Marty Robbins, so many people. Um, And a few of those people do come up again later in our conversation. I'm still working through the edits because, like I said, this was a great conversation. Aaron and I really connected. We talked for like three hours, so I'm about to edit this. And uh, by the end of this, you'll figure out whether or not this is a two-part or a three-part episode. Uh, But it, it was such a really good and fun conversation. I really enjoyed talking to Aaron. I also do want to give you a heads up. Uh, the audio does get a little rough in this one. You know, there was some, it's just kind of the nature of the beast when you record with Zoom. But, you know, it, it was still such a great conversation and it's well worth the listen. Uh, so please listen to the whole thing. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to part one. Um, and before I play you the conversation, please follow uh, Aaron on Instagram. He's at the junk Junkyard Kid, uh, the underscore junkyard underscore kid on Insta. Follow me on my socials, James P. Crowley on uh, TikTok, Instagram, James P. Crowley 68 on Twitter. The podcast is on Instagram, James Crowley's Infinite Playlist. Um, lots of good, fun stuff on all those accounts. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. But also, speaking of crunchy tones, Need a Little Time Off for Bad Behavior by David Allen Coe, I also thought it was like a rocker. Need a little time off for bad behavior. The devil in me doesn't let it sleep too long. I need a little time off for bad behavior. It looks like I've been I'm up and gone at the break of dawn. I've been working like a regular dog. It's such a fucking, like, you want to get off work on Friday. I'm, I'm having a really good time talking about that. Yeah, I am too. Thank you. People don't uh, say nice things to me. What? <laughs> People don't usually say nice things to me. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm having a good time. <laughs> this is our first time meeting, so it could be mean in the future. <laughs> no, I met you at, um... Did did we meet at Lucy's or Lucy's? Lucy's okay, Lucy's, yeah, I I went yeah. with Bailey and uh... right, right, right. I remember this now. Yes, yeah. it was acapella. I was like, okay. Wait, what? Microphone. You didn't have a microphone that night, so it's like, hold on. Oh, right. I was like, this was so weird. That was like. I don't even, rem- I like, they, I don't know. It's been so long now since I've been at Lucy's you know, because even like the bar hasn't opened because of the pandemic. Well, that and I've been, ex- I, once you and I talked about it, I was like, dude, I'm excited to do this. Yeah. And like, I made that playlist once we talked in like 10 minutes. And then I showed okay. my girlfriend and she was like, yeah, we listen to these songs. And then I started talking like Johnny Cash for like three days straight. And she's like, we're done. We're all done. Don't do this anymore. The world, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she did. 
gonna I'm gonna cut the comedy talk, but I'm gonna like start back up again right there. Um, but so let's hop into uh, need a little time off for bad behavior. Oh my goodness, it's such like it's such a fun song because it's it's fast paced. He says what he says, but there's so many good like one liners like. I've been saying yes, sir, all day at work. I've been saying yes, man, at home. I've been storing up the cuss words, keeping them all to myself. And it's like, it's so like. The whole like, it it's a perfect song to blow off steam to, you know, just because like, you know, it, it's very fun, you know, just the last, I did dryuary and then my doctor was like, oh, hey, don't drink for another few weeks because we have to do a blood test. So like I've been dry for a lot longer than <laughs> I'd originally planned. But so like, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I need like a blow off. Like I need a night like this, <laughs> you know, where like. Renew your friendship with Jim B. Exactly. That was another That's line that I was like, hell yeah. Oh yeah, like. And like he, uh, he's covered um, "Take This Job and Shove It," and I had to throw David Allen Coe into the mix. I had a hard time picking which one of his songs, but this is such like a upbeat, good timing song. But I had to pick David Allen Coe because David Allen Coe actually was like he was with Waylon and Willie, he was with Johnny Cash, but he never made it mainstream. Um, and I think he's, he's a little bit responsible for the term outlaw country, because I think he was playing in like Akron, Ohio or somewhere. And he was a member, a full, you know, cut wearing member of the outlaw motorcycle club from Florida. Um, and he wrote a panhead Harley onto stage while Waylon Jennings was playing and he played songs with him, but the local newspaper said the outlaws invade Akron or something. But he's another guy, like, he actually served time in prison. He was a member of the Outlaw Motorcycle uh, you know, Club. And he got down. But he's also somebody who, like, championed free speech a little bit. Um, he had to file for bankruptcy. When he moved to Texas, he had, like, a bad flood and he lost all of his records. The IRS came after him. They knew that he had no records, you know, no way to prove his finances. And maybe that was like, you know, some of that good old Jewish lightning. Like he hid some of that. Like he let stuff get destroyed or he destroyed some stuff because he, he was an outlaw. But in order for him to like resurface financially, he produced two X-rated albums, which are very vulgar and he's widely regarded as racist even though like his drummer was a black dude um his son's godfather was a black dude but he liked to use the n-word just because it was that time in america where people use the n-word right between being like white trash cracker attacker wood and then you know the other word but while he was in prison um I know that a lot of other prisoners called him an N-word lover. 
Um, and he stood up for it. You know, like in his later years when he had to keep performing because that was the only income he could make, he had like dreadlocks down to his waist that beads in his beard. Like, you know, he still had African-Americans in his band. But he also said, like, how come people in movies, how come Clint Eastwood can say the N-word in movies and nobody calls him a racist? Yeah. So in like a way, he really stood up for the First Amendment. It didn't really work out well for him. He <laughs> would not be able to make this music today whatsoever. No. But he still made good, good, fun songs. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, curious, especially just because, like, I feel like you don't hear, I've, I shouldn't say I've never heard the term X-rated album, but it's not something, like, you think about in, like, 2021, just because of, like, the the internet, and you're kind of like, oh, anyone can do anything, you know. I guess you, you, you really should call it a comedy album, because he has a song... And I played it to my girlfriend the other day. She's like, this is terrible. But it's the three biggest lies. And it's like... <laughs> I feel like this isn't going to go in a good place. <laughs> she's like, no. But the three biggest lies are like, this will only hurt for a little while. I'll only okay. put the head of it in. Wait, what's the second one? I'll only put the head of it in. Okay. And then the third one is, I promise I'll never try to come in your mouth. Uh oh. Okay. <laughs> that's bad. It's not, that's not where I thought it was going to go. I thought this was going to go in a completely opposite direction. The first verse is like, here's the three biggest lies in the world that my daddy first said to me. And then it goes into uh, like meeting a woman, and then it goes to being in prison. Okay. But we, I'll, I'll send you some David Allen Co. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's yeah let's keep well, that's yeah. to kind of take us back to outlaw country like yeah it's so subjective because of what nashville wants and what you hear on the radio and modern country is all daisy dukes cowboy boots drinking a bud light and tailgate as where like you go back to the origins of hank williams like the more grassroots parts of country and like kind of like how outlaw country like preserves that as opposed to what's going on now where we're hearing like bass and snare country right you know and like I, I, uh... it's it's kind of you know preserving it you know the the besides like the delta blues i think that the other genre that country kind of has the most in common with is just folk music like very generalized. And I feel like a lot of the artists now that are kind of doing that sort of like, you know, folk country, alt country, outlaw country, you know, whatever you kind of want to call it today, you know, are very much kind of like keeping with that tradition where, you know, your Nashville executives are like, okay, well, how do we get a country song on TikTok? Yeah, it loses all authenticity. Yeah. It, it, it's heartbreaking, man, because like one of my favorite bands is always going to be Alexis on Fire. I'm glad I got to see him once. And I love City and Color. But like as City and Color kept going, like they, it wasn't, I guess, folky and acoustic. I don't know. I haven't really listened to like. I haven't really listened to City and Color all that much. I've listened to some stuff, but. 
some of their music was just absolutely like like the epitome of folk. But folk's also weird because like folk became mainstream as like the first hipster genre. A little bit, yeah. Because you have like your Bonnie Vares and stuff and yeah. You know, I like Bonnie Vare a lot. There's there's a lot of folk music that I really genuinely enjoy, but like there are certain there's certain folk artists that I'm kind of like I don't get this and it's massively popular. Yeah. You know. Send me some of that. Let's keep rolling. I'm sorry. But yeah, let's uh so my next pick was Decoration Day by Drive By Truckers. When I knew the hill boys Said we fight till the last loss and last living day. I never knew how it all got started. A problem with Holland before we were born. I don't know the name of the boy we tied down till we just couldn't walk anymore. Um, which might veer a little bit closer to like Southern rock, but like. You know, I wouldn't say that it's outlaw country, but it definitely has some undertones of yeah. more organic country than half the shit that's on the radio now. Yeah. Well, I think, like, you know, just because, like, I'm a big Jason Isbell fan, Jason Isbell is very much so, like, a student of all the, like, all the classic country figures, you know, and, like, you know, he he's someone that, you know, I have some of the utmost respect for as a musician because he seems like he really does, like, listen to everything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, like, I, I can connect with you with Jason Isabel because I think Jason Isabel really spills his guts. Yeah. I think he's one of those guys, he wears his heart on his sleeve, he writes beautiful music. It's a little more emo, you know what I mean? Like, in that yeah. sense... Kind of like pop punky, and like even some of the artists, like more modern outlaw countries that I listen to now, I think they do that. And uh, I've got a song on my playlist that I, I think you might agree with. But to say how you feel, as opposed to pushing, you know, your 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 leather neck, you know, pushing your tough guyness, um, it, it's like it, it transpired, it transcends from, from Willie Nelson. You know? Definitely, yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's very like hard on your sleeve, but also, you know, Isbell in general is just, he's just a very good storyteller. You know, you kind of get so many different things from his music where whether he's telling a personal story or, you know, a song like Elephant where he's kind of talking about a friend with cancer. Um, and then even a song like this where he's talking about family history and a lifelong rivalry between like two seemingly neighbors. Um, one of whom I think he was actually related to, but. I think his time in Drive-By Truckers is more personable than his solo. A little bit, yeah. Because like with Drive By Truckers, he has um, that song Uniform, where it's almost like his dad is talking to him. Yeah, you know, outfit. Don't let him laugh at your southern accent. Don't let him do this. But then there's also songs like Daddy's Pup, which is like, it makes me think about my dad. My dad being a hot rodder and he used to race cars. 
and that's you know how we made it in the business fast eddies like a song that's so personable and it like it comes directly from jason isabel yeah i think like some songs by like jason isabel and what was it, like the five thousand kill uh, the 400 unit 400 unit um like there's like if we were vampires which my old lady loves and i love it because she showed yeah. it to me but then um for him to be more personable with that like chaos and clothes is such like a heartbreaking song about a breakup and what's the other one i'm thinking about last of my kind it's yeah. like a confession from him yeah talking about being a young person being pushed out by everyone else I'm like oh i went to college and they gave me amphetamines and i was weird i'm like hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm picking up what you're putting down yeah, with Isabel, I I think that I think that the way he sings about addiction is very. It's something that you don't hear in modern music. Um, you know, I think also just a lot of musicians don't sing about addiction like they may have in the past. Some people do, but that's a reoccurring theme in outlaw country. So yeah, you know, let's stamp this right now. This is outlaw country. Declaration cool. is well. Jason Isabel in general is now <laughs> I'm sure he would embrace that title. But yeah, Decoration Day, I think, yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about it besides the fact that it just kind of, it kind of sounds like gearing up for war. It does. Like, he's proud of his hometown. Yeah. You know, like, Decoration um, Day. Yeah. And then just kind of keeping in line with you know, just kind of like watching these horrible things happen in this crazy long family rivalry, you know, where it's like watching kids beat another kid, you know, half to death. Like in past tense, and then like, where do you go from there? Yeah. You know, like where do you pick up? That's why like, Almost like talking about the hometown, I'm like, well, you're a pop punk guy. <laughs> well, that that's the joke. I, it, probably on Twitter, I saw it where it's like, uh, pop punk music, I'm going to live and die in my hometown, sad face. Country music, I'm going to live and die in my hometown, happy face. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what else to say about country music? Is if you play it backwards, you get your wife, your dog, and your truck back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true but yeah so it's kind of like you know and i think like isbel you know he's gotten a lot cleaner now but you know especially his time in drive-by truckers when he was fucked up you know was very much kind of in line of you know like you said doing amphetamines drinking excessively losing everything oh man amphetamines are terrible <laughs> never done keep it rolling yeah, yeah. Let's uh, so let's keep on rolling. What? I said I'll get more into that. Um, drive by truckers. What about next? Your next song is "Conversation with the Devil" by Ray Wiley Hubbard. You ain't gonna need that leather jacket. It gets kind of warm. There's one way in. There's no way out. It looks like you're here to stay. All the places are messy. It's overcrowded. More coming in every day. I said, oh man, wait a minute, there's got to be something wrong. I ain't a bad guy, just write these little songs. 
I always pay my union dues. I don't stay in a passing lane. And he said, what about... So, Ray Wiley Hubbard, he's an older artist, never, never really hit mainstream success. But this is another song, you know, with the whole mortality, question your own mortality. And, like, it's, it's a very uh, like humorous, you know, like, what if I actually talk to the devil? Yeah. This was my favorite song on your playlist. I loved this. Yeah. What is this song though? It's very fun. It's very fun, but also very kind of like true to life to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. There's like jokes in there and like, you know, and I loved like what you won't find up in heaven are Christian coalition, right wing conservatives, country program directors, and Nashville record executives. I love that line so much. But yeah, like you said, it is funny where he's like, you know what? I'm going to sing about that Charlie Daniels song. And <laughs> yeah, I think your verse is better, Devil. Yeah. I think, uh, I think with Outlaw Country, it's so, there's like a, a bit of Zen Buddhism in it because. While sometimes they glorify, you know, evil, you know, the, the yang and the yin, I think that ultimately they do question the mortality. You know, these are mu- this is music made by men, um, but you should also have fun with it. Yeah. And I think for him to look at all the things that he did wrong, especially when, you know, he's like, well, what about all that whiskey and cocaine? He's like, well, I, I didn't do that much whiskey, but the cocaine is like, <laughs> It's the making the excuses. Yeah, but there's like the, the, the honesty. Yeah. Him, like being a man and asking the devil, like, well, which religion is the truest? He's like, well, they're all about the same. Uh, Buddha was not a Christian, but Jesus would have made a good Buddhist. Yeah. Damn, that is it's it's a it's a fun song man i love that song and i I love the idea of questioning your mortality and questioning your existence and like the humor behind like an existential breakdown well because i think i think like as comics we probably gravitate towards that just because like you know there is the aspect of digging through the dirt and the shit of human existence, but then also having to realize like, well, it's all kind of ridiculous at the end of the day. So you might as well make a joke about it. Um, And even kind of the last verse where he's like, you know, some people change their lives because they feel the flames, but some people he's where he basically says he didn't change anything about himself from that encounter. Like, you, you almost want to play it to a kid that you don't know. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm going to have no impact on you otherwise, but through this Riley Shivert song, it's a it's an ultimately just, just a good time song. I, I think, like, for me personally, like, if I was to reflect on some of the stuff that has happened in my life and I was on my deathbed, I'd want to listen to this song just to know that I wasn't the biggest piece of shit. Yeah. You know? when especially when he mentions like the national record executives or christian coalition right wing yeah i didn't push anything on anyone i might have done some bad stuff but i never told anyone else they were wrong and i think that's that's like an important theme in this song questioning your mentality and and realizing that you are what you are 
Yeah. You're you you are but a man. And to to kind of quote Cormac McCarthy, a child of God, much like yourself, perhaps. You gotta read Child of God. I uh, I'll add that to my list. He's not the worst person on the planet. What'd you say? Cormac McCarthy's Child of God is like about the worst person on the planet. That's ex- <laughs> that's how I feel some of the times. <laughs> but but like you said, it's kind of like you know, yeah, I that that resonates with me a lot. Just because if I sit and I think like, oh hey, I've done all these awful fucking things, and then you're like, well, you know, like like family members of mine that I have that are like in recovery. When I start like venting about my problems, they're like, hey, you know, I'll tell you this: everyone puts their problems on the table. They'd all pick up their own problems. Uh, you know, but sort of in the sense where I'm like, oh, hey, I did some horrible things, but then like, you know, I'm a journalist. I read about people doing horrible things every day. <laughs> and I'm like, I might not know how the people doing the horrible things feel, you know, but I'm like, this guy did a lot worse things than I did than getting into an argument with my girlfriend when we were drunk. You know. You wouldn't say you're better or worse than them. Right. You're just... You're just somebody else, you know? Like just yeah. It's a, it's fun, but it, it, it gets very serious when you want to question your mortality. And I'm, yeah. not saying, I'm not trying to tell anyone that might be listening to this that there is a God or that there is a devil. But if you think of like that frame, it's, it can be very entertaining, you know? Like, yeah. Like writing a sonnet almost. Like you have to fit these parameters what this could be i don't necessarily think that you can always perceive what is right and what is wrong right definitely it's a damn fun song exactly that's like that is like the big the other thing i had written in my notes is uh that it's almost like dante's inferno oh yeah where he's just kind of like talking about who's where, who, what happens to who. It's very like literary, even though it's kind of a silly song. But who's up in heaven with God and the sons? Yeah, you know, and like he's that, like, that's so fun. Like that also made these people, but you know, the people that read stories from babies. <laughs> it made me think of uh, what's it called? You know, the South Park movie. Yeah when Kenny's going to hell and you just see the ticker going up like so fast you can't see it. And then like you see it heaven, it like has like a thousand people and it like just slowly ticks up one. <laughs> I like I like like the Hitler cameo in that scene. <laughs> He's supposed to be there, but I'm trying to think of who else was in there. Oh well. Uh. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep on rolling along into my next pick, which was Vincent by Brian Fallon. My name is Jolene, but I hate that song. was baptized in a river when I was young. Jesus forgives me for all of my sins, except maybe that one when we were kids. From South Texas, killer party scene. Somehow the warning. I actually, when you sent me the playlist, I listened to this. Yes. 
I love it. I love it so. Like Brian Fallon is one of my favorite songwriters, and um, like I think I told you in that message, he also plays played in the Gaslight Anthem when the Gaslight Anthem was a band. You know, so very. He's kind of his most recent album. He kind of leaned into being like a singer songwriter. Where on his last two solo albums, he was doing like the the punky Springsteen thing still. Yeah. Um, but I think like with this with this album, he kind of talks a lot about longing, and you know, he has a great song called Twenty One Days that's just about quitting smoking. Um, but I think Vincent is just. Uh, it's funny because when I heard 21 Days for the first time I I had just gone through a breakup so I was like oh it's 21 Days Till I Don't Miss You and I'm like this is a romance song and then I read an interview and he was like yeah it's about quitting smoking and I was like oh very different (laughs) that's interesting I uh I love like that people like apply like a window you know like a certain time frame certain things. I was in a group, uh, I've been in a couple of different groups, but uh, one guy told me 72 hours. If something upsets him, if he's triggered by something, he gives it 72 hours, and then he figures out whether he's still upset about it. And the first thing I thought was like, who the fuck has 72 hours? (laughs) Well, it's like three days to sit on something, you know? Yeah, I just... Um, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I don't care about everything. I mean, I know for me, I'm very reactionary, where like, in a moment, I'm going to be very angry and feel a lot of things and like, you know, cry or scream or something. But then like, you know, a week later, I'll be like, oh yeah, that was stupid. That's so dumb. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, but Vincent, uh, you know, a outlaw, just kind of like, it's a love song and it's a story. And, you know, I, I really kind of like the setup of it just kind of being like, I don't, you know, it's, it's a lot in a very short period where, you know, you kind of get like the, you know, a little bit of addiction, you get the abusive relationship, you get the, you know, the affair and you get, and it all culminates in that murder. Um, but it's still a love song. You know what I kind of felt when I listened to this? Like, it was kind of like John Prime-esque. Yeah, I could see that. And like, I don't, I don't directly associate John Prime with like outlaw country. Right. A lot of it is like, kind of goofy love songs, you know, like I, I've grown to love John Prine a little bit more maybe since he died, and maybe it's because I never fully divulged in him, but I felt more of like a, an organic natural skewing of a love song. And maybe I got this mixed up because I went a little more into Fallon's uh, like songs. But yeah. Yeah, Fallon is, he is a romantic through and through. Um, I'll definitely give him that. And I think just kind of like with this, with this song in particular, you know, there is very much so, you know, 
it's one of those things where you end up thinking about like, you know, I've never had it. I've never cheated on a girlfriend, but I always wonder like people that have these like long, crazy affairs and you're like, how did you feel about that other person? And I think, you know, sort of, you know, it's very easy to sympathize with the Jolene character in this song because she's in this horrendous abusive relationship, you know, and then, you know, having it kind of culminate in her, you know, having this sort of tragic ending where she's like, I'm going to stab my boyfriend and then, you know, I'm never going to see the actual person I love ever again. That, I feel like that fits in the framework of how yeah. country. Um, were you talking about Dolly Parton's Jolene? Yeah, the song, well, so this song is kind of a I reference. I was like, that's almost an outlaw country song. I felt like it was more like national. Well, so the, the opening line to this song is, my name is Jolene, but I hate that song. Yeah. You know, and I've read an interview with Fallon where he said, I was listening to, I forget if he said he was listening to Jolene or some other song, but he's like, I was listening to Jolene on the radio and I thought, do people named Jolene actually like that song? Do you know anyone named Jolene? No. <laughs> I'm an Aunt Jeanette. And I've never met anyone else named Jeanette. I've met a few Jeanettes. Really? I thought it yeah. was like a hillbilly. Uh, it's, a, it's a relatively common name, I think. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but no, I've never met a Jolene. Not that I know of. I do know for a fact, you know, like I always get the Mr. Crowley because of Ozzy. Um, and like, I like, I don't hate that song, but it's one of those things like when people say it to me, I'm kind of like, they're like, you ever get that one before? And I'm like, you have no idea how often I get that. You know, I feel for you because I, I gave my best friend the toe, like his, his Jeep Cherokee broke down. And I uh, gave him a tell. And I was like, yo, dude, I'm doing this podcast on Sunday. Uh, my buddy James Crowley. And he was like, oh, is it related to Alistair? I was like, yeah, Alistair is actually his niece. <laughs> I've, uh, I have told people, uh, when I was younger, I used to be like, yeah, I am related to Alistair. Where, uh, he's like my great, great uncle. <laughs> For the dark arts. Exactly. When I, when, I, you know, when I was a kid and I was super into it, I was like, yes. <laughs> now that I like get it all the time i'm like oh no. although like you know i do have a fantasy of like walking up to do stand up and just the organ from mr crowley is playing <laughs> mr crowley it's just like next comic coming to stage james crowley bah, you know won't you watch our right horse oh. right, we're going too deep into this but uh but yeah, what other uh, Fallon stuff did you explore? I honestly, um, I didn't listen to Gaslight. It was on Spotify. Okay. I heard that and I let it just play. And then I got a phone call. <laughs> and then I just signed an invoice. And then I had to text my girlfriend back and tell her that I love her. And, uh, just send me some songs while listening. Okay. 
It's all good. I'm sorry to put you on the spot there. It's okay. You can hear that. Uh, well, let's keep on rolling along into your next pick, which was You Can Have the Crown by Sturgill Simpson. I guess it could be worse. It ain't that bad. At least I ain't sitting in no Baghdad in the middle of a hot damn desert, sitting in a tank. Well, every time the wife talks, baby gets mentioned. I'm so broke, I can't pay attention. Lord, how it tears me up to see her cry. Sturgill's not necessarily out well, but this song fits in these parameters. Yeah. The, the opening line, where he just howls, and he's like, well, I've been spending all my money on weed pills. And it's like, <laughs> that's Will and Jennings right there. And he talks about being a lowbrow and like the kind of guy who's not really getting a lot done. Yeah. He, But he's trying to find a way to get by. And I think one of the funniest parts of this song is like, I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck rhymes with Bronco. Yeah. It's a fast paced, twangy country song, like country rock. I mean, definitely outlaw country. Um, you gotta love it. Like it's almost yeah. like, like if you were in the right group of people, it's a party song. It's yeah. Like, it's very like fun. And like, you know, and it, it, I wrote down in my notes that it makes me want to move. It makes me want to just like get up and dance and like, you know, like dr drive down the road with the windows down. Oh yeah. Dude, you can have the crown, especially the chorus when he says, it's like, well, they call me King Turd up here on shit now. Yeah. It's like, you know, I've been in a lot of things. Nobody ever said I was, I was good. It's like, yeah. You know, let me own up to this. Call me King Turd up here on shit now. If you want it, you can have the crown. <laughs> it's a really like grimy, like yeah, you know, it has an urgency to it. Where like you know, I don't know where Sturgill was at in his career when he made this, but it does sound like someone trying to like you know make a great record so that he can kind of like get out of a shitty living situation. Yeah, and I think like this came off a of high top mountain, which is one of his earlier albums. And as Sturgill grew up and and really became more popular and became more recognized, like he had a he produced Tyler Childer, a couple of Tyler Childer albums. Yeah, and he produced a couple of John Prine's last albums. Really, like like a virtuoso, and like we talked about him on the Sound and Fury. You know, he has a great ear and he can make yeah. things happen. With this song, it's almost like a great fuck you to Nashville. Yeah. To say, like, you know, like, I'm trying to write a song and this ain't what you want to hear. But he still rose above that and still became, like, a well-renowned artist. Yeah. You know, so maybe the algorithm doesn't work. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things where you know, there's so many artists that have the backing and, you know, the co the corporate machine behind them, but like, you know, they don't take off because they don't connect with people. This is really just like a very human song, you know, 
with everything between, you know, from him kind of being like, you know, my life sucks, you know, I'm thinking about robbing a bank, you know, at least I'm not a, out in Baghdad, you know, to like, you know, him kind of being like, well, please give me a record deal so I don't have to search for my next meal. But then, and like that connects with people because it's him being real. And Sturgill, like Johnny Cash, was uh, an armed forces veteran. Never exactly saw like combat, but was still in shitty places for a prolonged time. Yeah. Um, like just for his backstory and maybe what might have cooked up, you know, some of his work to make something great, something to like really want to do better. And like he might have stewed a lot in those times, you know, like if a person sits still for so long, something's going to come out of it. It yeah. might be insanity. It might be pure genius. But Sturgill was in the Navy, much like my good buddy Shane McMurdo. Shout out. <laughs> but, uh, Sturgill also has one of my favorite uh, like modern country protest songs, Call to Arms. And not to fully divulge into politics now, but like the opening of that is just like, Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Iran, North Korea, tell me where does it end? And it's just like, you know what? The people that are listening to this type of music, poor white people, don't want war. War is yeah. never their voice. We've been raised by people that go to war. Just where's where the fuck does it end? Where are we going to next? Okay. I think that I think that it's good that we have that there are more and more country artists just kind of like speaking out against war and, and, you know, just things in general. I feel like you have more country artists that are, you know, more vocal and like Sturgill's one of them. Uh, Jason Isbell's one of them. Uh, what's her name? Uh, fuck. Maren Morris is one of them, you know, where they're trying to, you know, be more vocal in general about like, you know, inequality, you know, like you said, never ending war, where I feel like, you know, so much of popular country now is very much influenced by like, that kind of like, post 9-11 jingoistic, you know, like, oh, hey, support the boys and, you know, like, sort yeah. of country, which like, there was a good reason for that right after 9-11. But now it doesn't really translate i can't remember the artist but it's like talking about uncle sam and you can kiss our ass yeah i don't oh. even know i know the exact song you're talking about i don't know who sings yeah. it it's not outlaw country that's fucking corporate country. yeah and i mean you know and it's one of those things where you know i'm glad that we're seeing more of it you know it was what 15 years ago that the Dixie Chicks lost their career for speaking out against George Bush. Like... Did they deserve to lose their career for practicing, you know, First Amendment? Absolutely not. Yeah. Now (laughs) that... There's like a... It's very funny because I feel like there's become a... I feel like in the past few weeks, there's been more of like a discussion about the direction country will head, um, especially in light of like Morgan Wallen. 
Oh, well. Come on now. Did he did he say the right things? Did he say anything like appropriate? Like, come on, dude. Like, like I said before, dude, growing up out in the right. middle of Paris with my black neighbors and my black family and black friends, like, you know what? I know what I should never ever say. Right. Yeah. I'll let you call me that, but I would never say that to you because I have a brief understanding of what has actually happened between our two people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not upset at all with the fact that that mullet-wearing motherfucker lost his fucking job. I don't care. And he's not outlaw country. He's radio country. Yeah. I'm going to buy his ticket to go see him up afterwards. I don't give a shit. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that was. Uh, 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 it's funny. Me and my mom got into like an argument about it, and she's like, "Why do you lose his?" J-? And I'm like, "Well, mom, <laughs> you know." I'm like, "But I'm like, mom, do you even give a shit?" I'm like, "You've never heard one of his songs." Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Like he he's featured on like a radio country song. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not like a breakthrough artist. Like if Garth Brooks said the n-word and i would kind of expect him to <laughs> way more than this guy like <laughs> by the way garth brooks has ruined country music and i feel like they've they've talked about that enough on your mom's house and just like wheeler walker jr has mentioned it like i don't know just as a comedian to another comedian garth brooks is not authentic country it's stadium country no i i get that um, I, I haven't listened to a lot of Garth Brooks, you know, but it's like, what you're doing pretty good. (laughs) The stuff I have, I, it hasn't really appealed to me. And I was just kind of like, I've written a lot about Garth Brooks for my job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I know a lot and I know outrage surrounding Garth Brooks. I like that you're a writer for like a very mainstream company. But you've never divulged into Garth Brooks. Well, well, because I feel like Garth Brooks isn't, he is still popular now, but he's not really like popular now, if you know what I mean. Like he's like, if like, like, you know, Kelsey Ballerini? No. She's like, you could see they kind of want her to be like, the new like Taylor Swift like in the sense that like Taylor Swift was when she was like 15 making like country records yeah I mean I still give respect to Taylor Swift yeah I mean I love Taylor Swift I'm very pro Taylor Swift in general she's like one of my favorite pop artists but like you know in sort of like but like she's kind of like someone that like I'd say is like a mainstream country artist that's worth paying attention to now versus like paying attention to Garth Brooks. Where I feel like if I was paying attention to Garth Brooks, it would be like if I was paying attention to like Aerosmith. Yeah, like you don't pay attention to Aerosmith or Garth Brooks. You pay attention to people that are listening to Aerosmith and Garth Brooks. And then right. while you're in that room. Right. I do like Aerosmith, but like <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, but like in sort of like the sense, like if I had never heard Aerosmith now, I don't think it would be important to seek out Aerosmith. Yeah, if that makes sense. Black Sabbath, 
with the wrong right. Side. Yeah. Um, but let's keep on rolling along into my next pick, which was "Waiting Around to Die" by Town Van Zandt. Towns Van Zandt. Is taking me. Sometimes I don't even know the reason why, but I guess I keep a gambling, lots of booze and lots of rambling. Well, it's easier than just a waiting around to die. All one time, friends, I had a mall, even had a paw. Hell yeah, dude. When I saw that you put Townsman Zent on the list, I was like, all right, this guy, he's gone a little deep into some country. Or, like, it's, I don't even know if it's, like, outlaw country. Like, it's 110% country. And he has done, like, my favorite cover by Towns Van Zandt is Dead Flowers by the Rolling Stones. And, like, that, he has such, like, a, you can hear it at the end of his voice. It's very emotional. It's very true, very authentic. Absolutely. Well, so, interestingly, I don't know a lot of Town Van, Towns Van Zandt. I know this song. Um, so, you know, when I was kind of doing research around this, I realized like, okay, I don't really know a lot of his other music. And from what I've read, a lot of his other music isn't like this. Not most of it. Yeah. So like, I guess this would kind of be the, the exception rather than the rule where this is just kind of like a dark, you know, you know, it's like a, it's like an emo song in a sense where he's just, you know, talking about like going through life and being miserable and in turn waiting around to die. I think most of the time he has those undertones. Yeah. I think most of the time he really carries that very somber message. Yeah, it's... I'm trying to pull up the lyrics, although I keep just getting power trip. Yeah, I got uh, I typed waiting, not waiting. Um, but yeah, I kind of think, you know, I kind of went with this just because, like, it is sort of that, you know, gambling, drinking, you know, hit in the road, you know, and there, you know, there is sort of like a sense that like, you know, there's some like romanticism about like meeting different women and things like that. But like, it's still very much just kind of like, like getting strung out. There's the sense of loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely get that from this. Yeah. man. A lot of modern country artists actually cover. I know Tyler Childers covers him. Uh, two songs, but I'll have to seek those out. But yeah, I like this, and uh, a pop punk band that I like does a very like fun cover of this, where they you know just uh, they're called Spanish Love Songs. It's kind of like you know they kind of like did it because they they do a lot of like political like you know kind of like the world sucks and i'm sad songs and so like for their patreon they've been doing like a cover a month so the one month they were like okay 
vote on a country song you want us to do and the song won and you know they kind of just do it and just kind of turn it up to 11 and you know it kind of like pumps up that urgency of the waiting around to die but you know still very much I feel like it's kind of in that same tradition where they're like a band that like sings about the opioid epidemic and like you know uh income inequality and healthcare and things like that and you know I feel like that kind of comes into play in this well like we talked about how this predates punk predates gangster rap but like even with like some well like big punk like social distortion covered ring of fire yeah these songs translate very easily to other genres and for other definitely you know like there's somber undertone or heartbroken or you just had to kill your your girlfriend or something or you're handcuffed to a bench (laughs) (laughs) well it's kind of kind of like you said earlier where you mentioned like uh the aaron west on the roaring 20s project where like that is kind of like a folk punk sort of thing but like you know i think that a lot of kind of modern a lot of current like pop punk guys you know, that aren't necessarily just trying to do the We Hate Our Hometown songs, you know, or the I'm Sad About Girls songs, really do kind of, like, take a lot of influence from, you know, a lot of these guys that, you know, were singing about real issues, and, you know, they're just kind of like, okay, we just want to do that, but with distortion. Yeah, there's kind of like a, a hint of the hemacy in there, you know. A hint, a hint of the what? Behemacy. Yeah. Am I using the correct words? I don't even know which word you're... I still don't totally know what you're trying to say. Like, behemacy? Uh, um, I think so. I don't don't know. (laughs) I should know, because journalists, but... Yeah, no, man. I, I went to a very bad public school. Oh... Okay. No, I think that makes, I think it, I think it works. <laughs> I'm like, let me look it up. <laughs> and, I'm just going to wait for COVID to be over and then go get a job at a carnival. <laughs> no, I think it makes, it, just because like, it, in the sense that like, it's just people being passionate and like intense. Yeah. 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 Um, kind of agree. What? So I'm glad that you kind of agree. <laughs> I'm probably gonna cut that whole part out because I'm like, is it is it gonna make me sound dumb? Is Aaron retarded? Um just so I can grab the charger. What was the next song? Just so I can think about what I was going to say. So your next pick was Codeine Dream by Coulter Wall. Praying on the north wind Lead me to my door Thumbing through my greenbacks Swearing I made more Some cruel nightly cycle That's totally fair. Very accurate. 
yes, and dealing with heartache and yeah. being like as sad as you could like, even think, and like more unfathomably sad. Like, I know there's like, like Culture Wall definitely has like an undertone of like more country western, but with this song. When he says like every December gets a little bit harder, lay that bottle down. It's like, but he talks so much about like being alone and basically being walked out on. It's and how brave his voice is. Yeah, and he's like he's like your age. He's like twenty six, not even. He's probably yeah. younger than you. But his voice, <laughs> it's like the inside of a barrel at the bottom. The ocean. It's so yeah, deep. he's he sounds like he sounds like an old man. I'm very surprised to learn that he's you know around so young. Life. Yeah, but like yeah, he this song's really fucking bleak. Yeah, there was other Culture Wall songs I kind of thought about, but I was like, you know what? Like, which one makes me feel the worst? <laughs> yeah, this which like must lose. What'd you say? Which one gives me the most blues? That's total. This is a good song for that. <laughs> um, just because it, it it feels like it kind of feels like I'm trying to think of something better than the worst hangover ever because that's exactly what it feels like. Where it's just like I, I just kind of like think about I think about like when I'm home alone for like a week and like no one else is around and I'm just like, all right, well, there's no one I have to answer to. I'm going to get plastered every night. (laughs) And then I wake up and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, this is kind of nice to not have to worry or answer to anybody. But then I wake up and I'm like, oh, fuck, this sucks ass. What is he saying? It's like, some cruel nightly cycle. Yeah. On the hotel floor. And like, I'm sure you've gotten drunk just like out of spite before, but it's yeah. that utterly sad, cruel nightly cycle. And I mean, like, cycle if you have an issue. Right. But like, no, it's absolutely just kind of like, you know, being stuck in that rut and just kind of being like, well, there's nothing else to do, so might as well, oh, man. you know. It, it plucks the G chord in your heart. Like, yeah. the low, like, how sad can you really get? Yeah. What is that? Get, yeah, it's a voice that it's a voice that's lived a lot. Yeah. You think that like Coulter Wall would be like 237 years old. Like, well, that's kind of, the war. well, that when I listened to it the first time, you know, I was, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't do big research. I wasn't like looking up pictures of anyone. So I was like, Oh, this guy's probably like 30, 40, you know, like I kind of, ex- I expected him to at least be like, mid 30s you know has lived a life and like i'm sure that he has you know to write something like this but yeah i think he might have just been immersed in this yeah you know 
because I was I was like pondering like should I pick like a more upbeat song for this guy than a like it's Coulter Wall. Listen to his voice. Yeah. Does he have more upbeat songs? He does, man. He has uh, like one song that I love is called Motorcycle. And like my experience of riding motorcycle, dirt bike, you know, and just having fun and being kind of careless and imprudent. I kind of like I love that song, but it was like I like outlaw country. Let's fall inside these parameters. Yes, that does. But for his voice, this works tremendously. Yeah, it's he's good upbeat and bluesy and kind of like crunchy, but. I feel like he hits harder. He hits way harder when it's sad and melancholy. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about a lot of these songs is like, you know, even like something like the David Allen Coe song, you know, even though it has like the difficult stuff, it is like a fun song, like to listen to on its own. And I feel like a lot of these songs hit harder when they're bleaker. Yeah. Like David Allen Cole has some very, very sad songs. But he also has songs like The Fish Aren't Biting Today, which is like, I just caught a case of the fuckets. Like, I give up. Yeah. All day. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah. he has fun songs. And he's got songs like Mona Lisa Lost Her Smile, which just the title itself is super downtrodden. Absolutely. The wall, the way that his voice kind of like stirs up gravel like it's just so gristle it's black tar you know what i mean like it's, it's yeah absolutely let's keep on rolling along into something slightly more upbeat still sad but whiskey river by willie nelson Whiskey River, take my mind. Don't let her memory torture me. Whiskey River, don't run dry. You're all I've got, take care of me. Whiskey River, take my mind. <laughs> um, so. Uh, but Whiskey River, um, it's sad, but also a quality that I kind of felt like this and my next pick have, are they're both kind of sonically upbeat. Yeah. Like the lyrics are sad, but the they make, they kind of remind me a little bit of like Jimmy Buffett in the sense that they make me want to hang out and drink. It's like, like I said a few moments ago, like it's it's the case of the fuckets. Yeah. Like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let's drink, let's have a good time. And like you said, Jimmy Buffett, like that, that was a stupid observation. And it gets kind of honky-tonk. Yeah. Like, when the piano rolls in, it's like, I'm floating in a whiskey river. Like that's, that's pretty genius, man. I really, I mean, I love Willie Nelson. I, I don't know yeah. how anyone could dislike Willie Nelson. 
yeah they, it, i'm like you know it's fun it, he just has so much stuff and so many different he goes down so many different avenues and you know i don't think there's really a lot there's not really like it's a stark contrast to the culture wall we were talking about whiskey river yes it's uh, it's such a fun case of the buckets go drown in the whiskey full river yeah exactly it's like it's a song to like you know sit you know sit on the lawn and like have beers have whiskey you know drink straight from the bottle i would do that with you i'd love to i'm uh, since i haven't been drinking i'm dying too but well james my house is almost always open i mean i lock the door but if you call me in advance I tell like a lot of the comedians, you know, a few of them come up every once in a while. Come kick it up in Sullivan County. If you want to camp out for a weekend, I got a bonfire pit in the back. I got like 55 acres. Oh, I got nice. if you want to shoot guns and break stuff. Uh, I'd love that. Yeah, I'd love. I'd love it. I think we should. I think we should hang out when, when like it's warmer out because I haven't been hanging out with anyone outside the with the pandemic. It's always a good time up here. No one cares who you are, what you are, just as long as you want to have a good time. Like uh, two summers ago, uh, Billy Doyle, Nick Bailey, and Ryan came up and we just went to a swimming hole that I know about in Forestburg. There's like a little waterfall and there's a lot of places like that up here. I'm super yeah. excited to show my girlfriend some of them because she's from like Monroe. It's so much fun up here, man. If you like fishing or just swimming or bonfires, you know, I mean, like there's lots of stuff you can do that's like socially distanced outside of it. I know a lot of great hiking trails. Sullivan County is fun, man. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure that it is. It like sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep on rolling along into White House Road by Tyler Childers. I guess so, yeah. I want to say I was like a little bit younger than you were around the time that I was like, I gave up doing sketchy shit. Like, sketchy shit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, before I was doing comedy, I was, you know, spiking MMA. Before I was doing that, I was uh, doing other stuff. And before I did that, I dropped out of college. But that window in between dropping out of college and like fighting and comedy, I was a uh, not a great member of society, and I listened to White House Road, and I remember like I could wake up in a strange place, you know what I mean? Or like I could go talk to one of my other sketchy former friends, 
and I'm out in White Lake with like a like trying to sell drugs or something or yeah talking to someone who wanted to sell me like a pistol or something just like doing basically it's like some outlaw shit shit that I don't want to like talk about to incriminate myself but it's like this song gives me that vibe it's like this song is basically like a like a bump of coke just like all right yeah like it's so it's so much fun and like this song doesn't make me want to do these things now, but I listen to this song and I think about being a young dumb idiot. You know, like I think about being sketchy. I, I think about like, oh, I know this girl and I know this girl and I got all my friends that will take care of me. It doesn't like provoke the idea of me being a moron and doing more wrong, but like, like it comforts me like reminiscing about some of the very stupid shit that I've done in the past. And like, I kind of chose this song in this playlist. Cause like, you know, with Johnny cash, with a uh, conversation with the devil, you know, like he, he questioned immortality and you question right from wrong. But like, this is a song that like reminds me how good it feels to be young and dumb. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a lot. Um, I think, you know, I think that that's like one of the things that like a lot of these songs don't, a lot of the songs don't necessarily have, I don't want to say it's nostalgic for that feeling, but it kind of captures it a little bit in that sense where, you know, you know, like you said, I'm kind of like straight and narrow, you know, but like, you know, there is kind of like a sense of like wanting to get into danger and like, you know, being like reckless and like, you know, I, you know, even though, you know, I was trying to be straight and narrow, I'm also an intense drinker. Um, so like, you know, but so like, you know, especially like when I was in college, I would have that all the time when I was like, okay, I'm gonna like drink like hell and like you said, could wake up somewhere like, I don't know where I am. Yeah. It's a fun idea. Yeah. It's not, the aftermath is not fun whatsoever. Like imagine trying to get your life together after fucking up so much. And like I've never, like I said, I never spent time. But yeah. Like, like we talked about with Johnny Cash a little bit, like there's no other greatest self, like greater moment of self-reflection than being handcuffed to a bench or being yeah. handcuffed. And like I said, like we romanticize the idea of being an outlaw. But in real reality, it sucks. In reality, it fucking blows dicks. Yeah. Wild dicks, bear dicks, walrus dicks, fucking dicks you don't ever want to tell them about. <laughs> 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 sucks so much man but like this is a fun song in the idea that it's like captivating you know you feel like it like damn this sounds like a good time yeah but i do like how Tyler children's opens with early in the morning when the sun don't rise laying in the bed with bloodshot eyes yeah you know that because there's there's always a price to pay yeah that pain of the world's worst hangover yeah. I'm trying to think it's okay. 
But this song also makes me reminisce on like, and not in a good way, makes me reminisce on like some ex-girlfriends that were crazy. Yeah. Put me through some hurt. And I was doing crazy stuff with them. And I wouldn't have done those crazy things if I wasn't such an idiot. Yeah. Sorry, this is a weird deep episode. <laughs> no, I love it. It's funny. I'm trying, you know, I've, I have one crazy ex and that's about it where I feel like with my other, with my one other ex, like from a, that was a serious relationship. I'm kind of like the crazy one that Kate's, but. You want to talk to me about your crazy ex? No, I, w- I won't talk, uh, just cause like my one crazy ex was like my high school girlfriend that like we dated for three years, broke up in college and I'm over it now. <laughs> um, very happy for you. I, I am too. I'm not your, I am sitting in this leather chair, but I am not your friend. <laughs> Me just dragging back like, yeah, so my, my girlfriend when I was 16 was like this. And I think that's why I'm like this now, 10 years later. Well, it's all right, man. Imagine <laughs> how boring of a person you would be if you never had that experience. Oh, 100, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thankful, you know, like I said before, you know, no, no matter how bad things have ever been, I don't think there's anything I would change or take back. You should never feel that way. Yeah. yeah. You know, even though there's definitely things that I'm like, all right, learn to never do that again. I'm glad that I've had it to just kind of be like, all right, well, that's out of my system or I know to be smarter. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, let's keep on rolling along into my next pick, which was uh, kind of in the same vein as Whiskey River, uh, Drinking and Dreaming by Waylon Jennings. Standing in line, if this is what it's all about. All I got is a job that I don't like and a woman that don't understand. So tonight at the bar, I get in my car and take off for the promised land. Drinking and dreaming, going But anyway, Drinking and Dreaming by Waylon Jennings. You know, kind of, you know, I guess kind of like you said, a case of the fuckets, where, you know, it's kind of about, you know, it kind of makes me think about like, having drinks and thinking about the future you know and just like thinking like okay you know hey you know this summer might suck but next summer is going to be great yeah it's kind of like drinking to the future yeah well fuck it we'll get there exactly so i'm i'm gonna pull up the lyrics quick just to can you sing it to me too uh once i have the lyrics i probably can <laughs> um drinking and dreaming no damn what i take oh my God. i'm gonna cut that i hate That's the voice of an angel i i when i was in high school i was in the choir and i probably could have um but you know kind of like you know that sense of kind of being like i'm kind of stuck here and i'm fantasizing about a life i don't have you know, and chasing the dream.
but and also that line the suit and tie is just a disguise also very much speaks to me from when i was would have to go into an office did you ever feel that way in college um what do you mean like see like for me like when i was in college and i never was flunking out i just got tired of it i I felt like it was like a dog and pony show and i remember meeting with different recruiters for the military and they'd be like you don't need to go to the military you could do school and i was just like i don't want to do this like i don't like this yeah i kind of feel like yeah i think there was a sense of that just because like you know when i was in college i thought i was going to be like an author and i was like all right i'm going to write books and you know be like you know this literary guy and you know there would be like the sense of like okay i'm going to classes but also like i'm trying to live a literary lifestyle (laughs) um you know, which was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to drink and talk about books. Yeah. But like, even an author that just drank and didn't make it until he was like in his mid-50s, like Bukowski, like, can you name one author that just went to school and they just hit it? No. There were, I mean, a lot of like those, like the Hemingways, F. Scott Fitzgerald type guys, like those guys did a lot of their best work in their 20s. But like, maybe not in Hemingway's case, his best, but like, you know, sort of like that sense of like, you know, thinking like, okay, cool, I'm going to get a degree from SUNY New Paltz and then I'm going to write the great American novel. It's such a fun idea as a young person. Yeah. It's not as like obtainable. No, absolutely not. And I think like, you know, you see it now too, like even just kind of hanging out with comedians thinking like, okay, well, you know, eventually when I make it and it's like, well, most of us aren't, you know? And like, you know. I'm sorry, continue. Oh, and like, you know, we could all hope and try and it's nice to think about, but like, you know, most of us are just going to be sitting at bars doing, you know, random comedy shows. Yeah, I always thought I'd be sitting at a bar anyway. But yeah. I remember going to some open mics and, like, I don't think I've really peaked anywhere. Right. I know I did some dumb shit when I was starting comedy and, and, and you know, working out jokes and, and whatnot and finding some great jokes until the pandemic hit. But I remember other comedians coming up to me and asking me questions about their writing. And yeah. I would just think to myself, why the fuck are you talking to me? Like, I'm yeah. Ordering a PBR right now. <laughs> That's like one of those. Uh, I remember someone, I like gave like a little bit of feedback on something once. And they were like, that's really helpful. Thank you. And I'm like, this is just my opinion. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you told your joke differently this time. Yeah. And like I saw you at Lucy's the one time, and I always shake hands. I'm always very grateful. But I remember like talking to some of my comedian friends that I met early on, like Dave, yeah, Dave Namer, like Ryan Denisco, and like even like, like comedians outside my realm, like Mackenzie Bird, who I I did a show with my first show ever, and like telling them like I really appreciate your feedback, 
And then yeah. give me the response that I get now. It's like, okay, like, all right, cool. Later. But like, I think about it and like, I can still talk to some comedians and like hold my weight and just a conversation, just conversation, not trying to be funny, but like, isn't it weird that this is this way and things aren't this way? Just hold the conversation. But still, like, other comedians would come up and they'd show me their, their notes. And, like, I would think in my head, like, I just got done working in a warehouse. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what you want to do. All right. Well, let's, let's roll this on home with your last pick, which was I Will Rise by Benjamin Todd. It's hard to wake from feeling blue. Oh, but I will rise. I will rise. And my hands may shake from lack of booze. Oh, but I will rise. I will rise. And though I've fallen out of space and time. Let me ask you real quick. What did you feel when you heard this song? So it kind of reminded me of a pop punk song. Yes. Sort of in that, like, you know, the I'm going to show everyone sense and it's very much like you know it's kind of corny but and cliche but i really like songs about overcoming things and i think that this is that in a sense and it's just kind of like saying like i'm gonna do great it's so slow and melodramatic yeah and it offers this window of escape just in him saying, I will rise. And I identify for this song for other reasons, because this song actually helped me get my head straight. And kind of like, like Tyler Childers has a song called Nose in the Grindstone. And it's basically about his father telling him to quit talking about And in my experience with, you know, like doing some drugs and doing some bad shit, this was a song that when I first heard it, I remember actually listening to it when I was driving a box truck in a warehouse with a buddy of mine, and he likes country, western, outlaw country. And he was like, you gotta listen to this song. And he told me the verse, they're placing bets all over town on how I will die. And I, I kind of brushed it off. And then some time went by and I kept doing the wrong thing. And people actually tell me, like, you know, you look pretty good for a dead man. And I'm not going to put whipped cream in a pile of bullshit and tell you it's a hot fudge Sunday. I was using, uh, well, not heroin or, like, you know, I was, right. I was doing a lot of shit. I was snorting pills and doing stuff. And some people were actually honest with me. They told me, like, you were, uh, you're not going to make it much longer. You look like you gave up. And when I heard I Will Rise, 
I actually remember listening to it maybe about like the tenth time in the shower, you know, just on a Friday night, and thinking to myself like, "Damn, I actually got to do better." There's there's nothing in me right now that's gonna let me keep living if I keep living like this. And there's that Will and Jenny song, "Ain't Living Long Like This." I remember listening to this, and like these lyrics hit me so, so hard. But it was almost like hearing something, like from the heavens, like you'll be okay. Yeah, you'll get there. You will rise. And I hate to sound so somber, and uh, I, I actually don't know how you're going to edit this, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember hearing this and just thinking to myself, like, you know what? I can and I will do the right thing. Now I only drink on Sundays on the Lord's Day. <laughs> uh, no, I get that's that's awesome. I think that that you know you you end up kind of finding the songs that. I feel like a lot of the time you end up finding the songs that you need when you need them. Um, You know, and, you know, kind of a lyrical thing, but this reminded me a lot of uh, the Hold Steady song, Your Little Hood Rat Friend, where um, (laughs) it, well, it has the line where it's like tiny little text uh, etched into our neck. It said, Jesus lived and died for all your sins. She's got blue be- black ink and it's scratched into her lower bo- uh, lower back. Damn right you'll rise again. Yeah, damn right you'll rise again. Which like, you know, that's kind of like an upbeat song, but you know, that is a song whenever I've like felt like shit, you know, I'll put that on and I'm like, oh yeah, damn right you'll rise again. What's the name of that song? Uh, Your Little Hood Rat Friend by The Hold Steady. You have to check that out. It's like a it's like a bar rock like you know intense you know like rock. It's uplifting though, huh? Yeah, yeah. Hold steady. Do a lot of like they do a lot of like fun songs. Um, that album ends with a song called "How a Resurrection Really Feels," and I it's like I think a not so common characteristic. In- trait in outlaw country is that it should be uplifting, which is where gospel fits in the country. Yeah, I think that there's a lot about, you know, pretty much all these songs are sad, you know. (laughs) Um, There might be funny stuff, you know, there might be, you know, some positive stuff, but there's a lot of sadness in a lot of these. But there's a lot, you know, there's not like a sense there's not a sense that like you've given up entirely you know i always think about um it was a review of either a book or the newsletter that i like called welcome to hell world which is just all writing like the shittiest worst things that are happening in the country and like you get angry reading it and like someone said like you know even though it's really sad and you're going to read it and feel really sad and angry, this isn't written from a hopeless place. There is some optimism buried deep in there. 
Well, James, do you want to live without brutal honesty? No. <laughs> Me neither. You know, I think it's I think it's important to to recognize some of these things, and maybe yeah. that's why I love outlaw country. It, it it might not be because of heartache or patterns of addiction or being handcuffed to a goddamn bench. I I think that we need things that connect us to things. And while Outlaw Country may not be the most mainstream source of music, it's authentic. Yeah. And for me, especially in my later years, Outlaw Country does speak to me. Yeah. It really does, man. And there's other, other, you know, genres that I really feel. But to talk to you on this episode, I had a really good time. And we did... <laughs> <laughs> three and a half hours so far yeah it, it, it's gonna get cut down and this will be a two-parter <laughs> hey man that's no problem by me at all i had a good time talking to you i did too i think that it's it's almost a forgotten genre yeah um i think no matter where it goes on the landscape of music and what they want to talk about you know it's it's unapologetically American. And there's a reason why there's theme parks in Germany devoted to the Wild West. There's a reason why there's a couple thousand movies devoted to gunslingers and gambling and rambling. And there's so much heartache and there's so much anti-authoritism in modern music. I think, in my personal opinion, that's one of the most important genres. And now I'm starting to sound like a politician. Because <laughs> I look like fat Well, let's, let's wrap this on up with my last pick, which was Waylon Jennings Live by the Mountain Goats. Drunk at the Mesquite Right where God intended me to be Looking up at the one man in this room Who's handled more cocaine than me Think back on the good times, Justin You know, it actually, like, it actually uh, paints, like, a, a big portrait of Will and Jennings Because the one line where he says he's two hours from the border. Yeah. What's the closest you've ever been to, like, Mexico? I've I've been to Mexico. At a resort or... In, at a in, resort. In front of my drugs? At a, at a resort when I was a kid. Oh, that's still fun. Um, More fun trying not to do the wrong thing. Yeah, the closest was probably I went to Texas my senior year of college, but Tight. even that, you know, weren't close to the border. You know, like I think when you know you've done some wrong and you're that close to Mexico, you you kind of indulge in the idea. Just running down. I can forget everything. And just go learn to speak Spanish. Yeah, start a whole new life. (laughs) 
whole new everything. Just get <laughs> out of here and just hit the border. Yeah, I, I always think, uh, you know, running away to Mexico is kind of a, it's a trope throughout music. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, the Mountain Goats with this song, the guy said he was trying to write a fake Waylon Jennings song. <laughs> you know what that song really sounded like? was like a, a very Grateful Dead inspired, you know, outlaw song. You know, like kind of a, what's the word? Like Bandito song. That's fair. I could see that a little bit, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. I, you know, admittedly, I'm not a Grateful Dead guy at all. <laughs> there's probably some Grateful Dead songs you would really like, but there's probably more that you would hate. I, I like it. When I listen to it, I like it, but like not something I seek out. Are there any Grateful Dead songs that touch you? None that I can name off the top of my head. For me, it's going to be Box of Rain. I'll check that one out. You should. Yeah, you can't explain all the things that made you sad. But Box of Rain, just the Box of Rain. I don't know who put it there. I'll, uh, I'll give it a listen. <laughs> um, what? That's the soul and county of me that wants to talk to you and tell you how to feel sad. So one of the reasons I chose this, besides kind of like closing on like kind of a commentary track too, I think, you know, I kind of liked the the idea, the context of this song in the context of this album, because this song came on an album that was like Dungeons and Dragons themed. Um, and the way John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats kind of explained it was he said, you know, I kind of like, you know, wrote all these songs about like wizards and, you know, like the wizards, you know, that, you know, a lot of them are like imaginary and, you know, there's fantasy elements, but it, then he also has songs about Doc Goodman, Ozzy Osbourne and Waylon Jennings. And he's like, and these guys are all kind of real life wizards. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can't it's funny. not agree that they're all icons. I enjoyed it, really. I did. Like I said, I thought it was kind of like a reminiscent of the Grateful Dead. Yeah. It kind of kind of hits me almost like like I said, like Boxer Rain. Same like emotional plateau. Yeah. Beautiful song. Definitely pretty folky. Cool. Well, Aaron, those were all the songs. Do you have any honorable mentions? Actually, yeah, because you do like the more emo stuff. Uh, I think you should listen to Willie Carlisle. Especially, Willie Carlisle. you know, you used to go to shows and you knew the punk scene. Listen to his song, Cheap Cocaine. But he does some covers of, uh, of some old Tommy folk songs like Cuckoo, which okay. is actually like a Scots-Irish folk song, the Cuckoo. And... Um, Man, he has such a good catalog. Uh, Kristen on the Side by Willie Carlisle. Um, what else? Um, just pertaining to newer stuff. Tyler Childers, Hard Times. You want a good 
classic outlaw country song. Um, Sturgill Simpson, I didn't mention Sturgill Simpson. Uh, yeah. Call to Arms, if you want a good country protest song. Um, if you want to go backpedal into history for country protest songs, uh, Country Joe McDonald's. He performed that at Woodstock 1969 in Bethel, New York, my home county. Um, I could talk lots about Woodstock. <laughs> my cat is such a snuggle bug. Um, mostly all of Willie Nelson and, and uh, yeah. William Jennings. Um, the entire Johnny Cash Folsom Prison Blues album. And why not? Let's throw in some Marty Robbins. Um, I, I can't remember the title of the song. <laughs> I have cat hair on my face. Oh, that's that. That's perfect. I'm I'm excited to like have the catalog to explore. Like a crown, and they're placing bets all over town. On how I'll die, but I'll rise, and I grieve to death from losing you. This has been a Lughole podcast. <laughs>